Welcome to Economics Echo, the podcast that provides in-depth analysis of the latest economic data, business trends, and market-moving policies. Zooming in on how this all affects ordinary people. Let's talk about El Salvador, a country known as an epicenter for high crime rates in Central America, alongside Guatemala and Honduras, made shockwaves last week on the global stage. But not because of its frequent earthquakes and volcanic activity, but because the Senate over there voted to adopt Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin as legal tender? Incredible. In this episode, we'll tackle what is going on, how will it work, and why El Salvador has taken this treacherous step. So what are we talking about here? Well, this is all about the Republic of El Salvador. El Salvador, which, if you want the literal translation from Spanish to English, is the saviour. And this is a country in Central America. Um, It is bordered on the northeast by Honduras, and uh, on the northwest by Guatemala, and on the south by the Pacific Ocean. El Salvador's capital and largest city is San Salvador. And as of 2021, the country had a population of approximately 6.8 million people, which is equivalent to about the population of the state of Massachusetts in America. Um, And of course, you know, this country does have a proud history. Um, If you go back to 1525 when the Spanish conquest of the um, uh, Americas uh, we have from 1525 to 1821 the colonial period where there was El Salvador and many of its neighbors were under Spanish rule and in 1821 of course uh, El Salvador gained its independence alongside its neighbors like Nicaragua, Guatemala, Honduras and, and indeed Mexico. But just those Central American countries or Central American states, uh, they actually formed their very own uh, Federal Republic of Central America. But that quickly dissolved. Um, So fast forward a bit more to 1979 to 1992. You have a turbulent period in El Salvador's um, history. This is due to the civil war that was going on for about 13 years or so. And, um, you know, after after the civil war, you know, People were a bit more optimistic about his future, but things didn't quite turn out that way. Uh, there was much crime, corruption, and just, you know, anarchy, if you want to call it like that. And um, quickly, El Salvador gained its reputation as being this really tough, um, crime-ridden country full of corruption and all sorts of, you know, bad actors and, um, you know, that reputation has kind of stuck. And um, But if you look at the economy of um, El Salvador, which will kind of explain as well as we go into the episode um, why it's taken this step of, um, you know, implementing Bitcoin into its financial system permanently, um, you know, its GDP is just a mere $25 billion, that's a nominal from last year in 2020. Um, you know, much of its... 
um, population um, is in services, 58%. Uh, main trading partners include the United States, both for exports and imports. Um, and of course, many of its neighbours as well. But yeah, it's um, a lower middle income country, GDP per capita of just um, over $3,000 per head. So making it a lower middle income economy. And which just goes to show, um, you know, some of the points that the president and the Senate are looking to improve upon and help the prosperity of El, um, ordinary El Salvadorans. Now, let's get into the nitty gritty, because El Salvador made history only about a week or two ago by becoming the very first country in the world to officially classify Bitcoin as legal currency. The Congress over there approved the populist president and social media loving Nayib Bukele's proposal to embrace the cryptocurrency with 62 out of 84 possible votes. And uh, the president said the government had made history and that the move would make it easier for Salvadorians living abroad to send money home. Now, Bitcoin will coexist and will become legal tender alongside, of course, the United States dollar in just 90 days. And the new law means every business, absolutely every single business must accept Bitcoin as legal tender for goods or services, unless, of course, it is unable to do so due to you know, technological deficiencies. The president said in a tweet shortly before the vote that, and I quote, it will bring the financial inclusion, investment, tourism, innovation and economic development for our country. And that is precisely what we will try and figure out in this episode. So we all know how Bitcoin works, right? To use it, all you need is a digital wallet and a computer. Um, anyone can send and receive Bitcoin and it is virtually impossible to steal or forge. Among El Salvadorans, the technology is already popular. You know, Strike, a digital wallet company that often cooperates with the government there, uh, launched its mobile payment app back in March. And it is the most popular app in the country right now. President Nayib Bukele partnered with Strike and Blockstream to build new financial infrastructure. But is it a safe bet? Short answer, no. According to experts, as they point to Bitcoin's extreme volatility and just argue that it just isn't stable enough to be a currency, which is probably right, to be fair, especially when you have people like Elon Musk who can affect the price of cryptocurrencies depending on what they tweet out. And then the other thing that you need to take note and often gets lost in the conversation is that for a country like El Salvador, which has historically struggled with crime, poverty and corruption, you know, combining this setup with cryptocurrency flows, that looks like a dangerous mix, not least because Bukele himself is accused of backsliding 
on commitments to fight corruption. So without proper oversight, bad actors and illicit money flows are likely to prosper. Which, when you think about it, is not good for anyone. But that still doesn't answer the question of why. Why would El Salvador take such a huge gamble? And for a bit of context, you really have to look at history, economic history. Because Latin America has a long history of weak economic fundamentals and unstable macroeconomic policies. And all of this instability has resulted in sporadic financial crises, currency crises, debt crises, hyperinflation, etc. over the last 35 to 40 years or so. And El Salvador itself, you know, just 20 years ago, back in 2001, they had their own currency crisis of sorts when they uh, essentially abandoned their own currency, the Colón, which was named after Cristobal Colón, which is Spanish for Christopher Columbus, the explorer. And this tiny Central American nation uh, adopted the United States dollar as its national currency, following the example of neighbor Panama and also um, others in South America like Argentina and Ecuador. And of course, this change of currency was expected to, you know, reactivate the economy and attract much needed foreign investment. But it didn't quite work out like that. So the big question is, will this Bitcoinization of the El Salvadorian economy, is that the silver bullet to boost, you know, and attract foreign investment and just, you know, re-inject um, much needed prosperity for ordinary El Salvadorans? And to answer that question, you really have to look at the composition of El Salvador, the composition of the El Salvadoran economy. Because President Bukele hopes that Bitcoin will make it much easier and faster for remittances to reach the country for migrants in the US, for instance, sending money home to friends and relatives. And this is important as remittances account for approximately 20% of GDP and Bitcoin essentially cuts out intermediaries as there is no need for exchange offices or banks, which is relevant because according to Bukele, he tweeted out that 70% um, of El Salvador's population do not even hold their bank account and work in the informal sector. And this is why the president expects Bitcoin to increase the gross domestic product of El Salvador by 25%. For example, by creating new jobs and facilitating remittances. He also thinks there could be uh, 10 million new Bitcoin users. But he didn't actually apply any dates or timeline to that kind of um, forecast that he had, which is kind of skeptical. So you can... You can yeah, you can, you know, take it with a pinch of salt if you like. All right. So just to conclude this episode, what does this all mean for ordinary El Salvadorans on the ground? Is this their green light to a land flowing with milk and honey and just vast riches? And to be honest, the answer to that question is 
is still too early to tell. However, judging by history, El Salvador has been here before because just 20 years ago, it adopted the US dollar as a path to future prosperity. But the results were disappointing, still plagued by the same old problems that the economy has been facing, like inequality in the distribution of income. Get this, the richest 10% of the population receives approximately 15 times the income of the poorest 40%. And that might explain why so many El Salvadorans have fled the country uh, to other nations like the USA, seeking a better life for themselves and their families. And these issues are mainly played by deeper non-currency problems, such as corruption, crime, and poor governance. And it's very possible that Bitcoinization of the El Salvadoran economy could go the same way again. But now it would end up with the added headache of being yet another external force over which ordinary El Salvadorans have little or no control over. But despite all this, the president is very, very convinced and he just continues to plow down this path as he believes his new laser-eyed friends are a passport to greater wealth. Right now, for me personally, it looks like a gamble more than anything else. Instead of adopting Bitcoin, my suggestion for President Bukele and the Senate is to go ahead and set up a central bank. Uh, work together with the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, uh, the World Bank, to come up with a credible plan for an El Salvadorian peso, or colon, as it was known in the past, or whatever they want to call their new very own currency. And then peg that same currency to the US dollar, like most Caribbean islands do, and even one of its neighbours does, Belize. This would then give El Salvador comparative trading advantages, especially since the US is its biggest trading partner and its remittances are mainly paid in US dollars, whilst also giving the country greater autonomy when it comes to monetary policy. Now, of course, this isn't the silver bullet, but it would, I think it would help. But as well as that, they also need to tackle those long chronic issues that the economy has been facing for decades now. Issues like corruption, crime, poor governance, as I mentioned before. So that would be my prescription for the El Salvadoran economy um, for it to, you know, get a passport to greater wealth and prosperity for the for, the, for its citizens. Now, I found myself asking the question, who is next? Which country, nation, territory or jurisdiction will follow in the footsteps of El Salvador? Could it be, I don't know, Zimbabwe? A nation that has been plagued by deep currency issues in the past? Maybe Bitcoinization is their passport to greater 
uh, wealth and future prosperity. Because right now we live in a world whereby you're either for or against cryptocurrencies. There's really no middle ground. For instance, in China, they are cracking down hard on the crypto economy. I believe now it is illegal to mine, extract, invest, trade or um, exchange Bitcoin or any of these other cryptocurrencies. It is, uh, there are some harsh punishments that have been instilled um, in Chinese courts. So I say all that to say, really, it, and then when you add that in addition to the fact that the World Bank, uh, the IMF have rejected El Salvador's request to help them um, implement Bitcoin into their economy, I just wonder who's next. Probably no one in the near future. I think people will be, or governments and nations around the world will be assessing how it goes for El Salvador. But really, well and truly, I think uh, don't expect anyone big to come out and say they're adopting Bitcoin as the next big thing. Even, you know, Tesla, uh, Elon Musk Tesla had to kind of pull out of that one. There's still some deep concerns around volatility, um, you know, its illicit flows, crime and corruption attached to that, um, and other issues um, related to that particular uh, crypto economy. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, good luck to El Salvador and the El Salvadorans. Hopefully it is their path to greater things to come. But, uh, yeah, it could be... Uh, this looks like a dangerous gamble, to say the least. So we'll see how it goes for the El Salvadorans. Well, that has been it for episode 45 of the Economic Psycho podcast. I hope that you've been informed on the latest ongoings in the cryptocurrency world. El Salvador's adoption of Bitcoin, how they're going to do it and its likely impact on the economy. Be sure to subscribe from your favorite podcast provider and join us next week for a brand new episode looking at that new post-Brexit trade deal between the United Kingdom and Australia. Now, I know some of you might be like, well, is that really news? You know, they've already signed, the UK has already signed deals with other nations. What's so special about this one? Well, this one is the first bespoke trade deal that the United Kingdom has struck. You know, because all the previous deals they have in place now, you know, with Japan, Norway, Liechtenstein, uh, even the European Union trade deal, those were really continuity agreements that were already, you know, just continuing what was already in place. So this one with Australia, a brand new bespoke deal. And there's been a lot of controversy around this. You know, a lot of people aren't happy, farmers especially. So we'll look at the concerns for and against and uh, yeah, we'll see what the likely impacts are for the UK and the Australian economy. Until then, this is Economic Seco signing out. Peace.